Welcome, friends, to Content Matters. My name is Alex. This is Sean. This is Kyler. What's up, boys? Good morning. How's everyone? It is, it is December 31st. It's the last day of 2023, so we're getting a good pod in. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today, and I hate small talk, so we're going to get right to business. Is that good? Let's do That's it. great. Okay. Um, we started the show. We wanted to talk about uh, we're all we're all videographers, but we want to talk about business. And I think this show, I'd love to get right into what you're talking about. Um, actually, Sean gave us a bunch of lists to talk about. The first thing I want to do is talk about uh, goal setting. End of the year, everybody's going into 2024. I'm curious. This is a really this is good insight. Like it's really good to like understand what somebody's got tinkering around in their head. So, does anyone want to share 2024 goals or your approach to 2024 goal setting or any of that? Yeah, I'll go first. So let's, um, yeah, so every year I actually have like a tradition. I've probably been doing it five years now. So last, it's usually last month. So in December, I just have, um, I start out with paper, but I switched to Notion this year. I'm trying it out. Um, Notion is life. Yeah. So yeah, I just have basically the goals that I want for this year or this coming year and then kind of reflecting i you i do this quarterly but i usually reflect on the quarter of like what what did i do for the year or up to the year so that for business personal um fitness and then also like my relationships so i usually just get all that written down um but yeah on, on, i mean keep it on the business side definitely looking at way better studios what i want to do with it and how do we want to grow or how how do we want to um service our clients and how can we improve so yeah with that it's just looking into who do we want to service um last year we serviced a lot of content creators and then businesses i want to get more into the business space um just looking at our income the businesses that we worked with made a lot of the I won't say the majority, but it made a good portion of our income. I was like, okay, honestly, a, a lot less headache too. But uh, <laughs> looking at that, I'm like, okay, we need to start working with businesses more. How can we outreach them and um, get land bigger budgets? Because the businesses always have bigger budgets at the end of the day. Um, it's less work and you can hire out crews. So that's that's us, like me, especially on that side. How can I get a little bit more time back, but I can make more money if I can just focus on the things that are making us the most money. So that's one thing for us um, that's huge. And I'm our, my mindset's already big on that. Like, how can we do that? That goes into the, the podcast that we have here, um, creating YouTube videos on the side just so we can open up and broaden our reach. So that's what I'm we should get. On. When you get people that you want as clients, we should have them on the show and we can build rapport with them that way. And then we can hard sell them live. <laughs> like, all right, let's break the numbers down. You're going to get this much exposure. So that's probably a few million. So you guys starting off, it's a million dollar budget, no matter what. I have so much to say about that. I actually made a little reel yesterday. I haven't posted it yet about like water bottles. And I'm like, you can be a water bottle and you can live in a 24 pack of 70 cents, a doll, a 70 cents, a bottle Costco, 24 pack, or you can exist in, you know, at a Taylor Swift concert where people are dying of thirst and they, they charge you $30. Yeah. 
same water. Yeah. Right. It's the same water. It's all about where you are. It's really, it's just about the, um, and this is, I have more to add to this later, but it's just, dude, get, get richer clients. That's it. Just yeah, get richer clients. They pay better. They complain sure. less. They're happier. Yep. I think that's a big struggle with creators too, is like, they don't know how to get in those rooms around those people. I think that could be a good uh, podcast that we could do in the future. Of like, okay, what are the strategies you're using to get in? I am the, do you know that this is, I'm a master of this. How do you think I get Apparently, to, how do you think I live in, have, how do you think I live in Maui yeah. with Brandon Turner? It's not because I'm the best. <laughs> no, um, I, actually, no. Actually, I'll, I'll add to that here in a, in a bit, but Sean, what are your, what are your goals? So I kind of have the uh, Noah Kagan approach with uh, something that's numerical, something that's system-based, and then something that's like progress-based. So numerical, I have like my gross target and then, you know, what I want to net and take home. And then um, also just get some more automated systems within, you know, putting money away. That's why uh, later when we have the finance question, you know, I wanted your opinion on that. Um, and then uh, system-based is something that's like more uh, like the frequency. Like, so for example, I was like, I should rock climb outside at least once a month. Like that seems super attainable. I'd say super excited about it. Something to look forward to at the, you know, some point during the month and uh, like stuff like that, you know, for fitness at least. But um, that's like one of them that comes to mind. And then uh, kind of progress based is just something that makes sure I'm on like the right trend and doing something um, going in the right direction. But I was thinking that it'd be cool to bike up to my cabin and maybe like film the process of training for it because like my dad and his brothers did it in college when they're like 18 pre-cell phone no internet no google maps and i was like oh man that'd be sick but like i could like rig out my bike with gopros and like have bluetooth speaker and like get my cousin to like help film stuff and i don't know so i want to try to bring back a little bit more of the the passion for creating projects and doing things you know like for me like that's why like something like this is so much fun um because we're like putting ourselves out there and doing it you know something for us in the business um and learning along the way holding each other accountable um but yeah because doesn't doesn't brandon have a, a live goal uh workshop coming up? I, yeah that's actually how i that was the first time thing i really did with brandon when i started kind of getting us in his sphere but last year we did a, a live webinar it's like four hours but me and uh, my fiance did it together. We did goal setting. It's very holistic. It's financial. It's career. It's family. It's spirituality. It's fis uh, fitness. It's um, it's environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like that. It's a lot like what we did at the summit, but it's it's maybe a little bit more in depth actually. Um, but you know, it costs twenty five bucks. The twenty five dollars goes straight to charity. Uh, and it's a really good way, especially, you know, you buy one ticket, you bring your fiance on that's, or your wife on or your girlfriend on. So it's not like you have to get two, right. But if you have a, if you have a significant other and you want to do goal setting with them, it's a good way to sit down. It's like four or five hours. It's a commitment, but man, it kind of does. He has a really good way of like turning the rest of the world off and you being like, no, we're focused now on the future and we're going to write it all out. And it is, is very healthy. In fact, I wish I could do it more. We did it. I did it about three times this year, but it's not enough. It always grounds me. So highly recommend. What is that? Uh, the fifth, 
Oh, God. You know what? I should know that. I will be there. In person only, or is it online? No, 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 no. no. It's online. Uh, it's the 4th. It's 7 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. my time. That can't be right. No, that can't be right. It's got to be 7 p.m. East Coast time on the 4th. Look it up, bro. Brandon Turner. Um, it's like uh, goal setting webinar 2024. Um, oh, we, oh, here you go. Oh. You sent it to me on Instagram. Enjoy. Yeah, this is, um, I sent it to you on, I texted you. Here, this is a bad, sorry for the lull in our show here. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, com slash goal setting. So $25 last year was a, last year was a hundred. This year is 25. It all goes to charity. Yeah. Sweet. I'm so to that. yeah, if you go live, there's a, you win a free, you can, you have a chance to win a free trip to Maui and a two hour in-person coaching session with Brandon. So there's some cool stuff to come. Um, Sweet. yeah. That's value right there. For 20 bucks? Come on. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's worth a lot more than that. Um, and, and it'll be fun. So my goals, yeah. Um, I I hit a lot of goals this year. I didn't track them as well. Uh, I love your your notion tracking, Kyler. I, uh, I've been blogging my goals for like five years. And this is like the first year I really slacked off on my blogging. And I feel like it hurt me because something about sitting down, looking at your goals and, and writing them and reading them and staying close to them gets them done. And when you're like, when you write them on, on the, the December 31st and then you don't look at them again until December 31st of next year, it don't work. So having them written down, having them in public um, is something I need to, I'm finishing up a project right now and then I'm going to write everything out really thoroughly and put it on, online like I usually do. And that helps me coalesce. But um, I find myself in a really interesting, you know, let's say narrative, you know, everybody lives by narrative. So the, it, what I did for eight years, I bought real estate. And along that time, I got my camera. And I am, what I love about creatives is everybody has a different way. It's the same thing as business. Everybody has a different, little bit slightly different way. But I find myself in the very unique position that I am probably the most talented camera person in the real estate investor world. Um, not to say that they're not people who are more talented to me that work for real estate investors, but I doubt there's anybody with the camera skills that I have that owns as much real estate as I do. And like blends those two. And so I, this last year I took a break from that because I've been working for Brandon. It's sort of adjacent. It's not the same thing. Um, but I really want to get back to that. Real estate's coming back. Um, deals are coming back. And so what I want to do, what I'm good at is uh, I'd like to partner and we can kind of transition if you'd like to this story, but like I'd like to partner with real estate operators that I know, provide them media raise them money and then get pieces of deals. And that's what I was sort of doing back in 2020 and 2021. I was going to these big syndicators. I was providing the media that nobody else in the industry is creating. No one, no one was creating media. Like I was creating what they do is they raise money. They go get a drone operator and they get a couple of drone shots and they just show the property off. What I was doing is I was getting the operators in front of the property and being like, why this property? How'd you find it? How'd you get it? And usually they do that stuff on a webinar, but if you could tell that story with music and emotion and them sitting in front of the property, it's much more powerful, especially sometimes like I'd film, uh, I filmed this property in Winston-Salem when the trees were changing colors. So like all the, at sunrise, like all the autumn uh, red and yellow and orange trees and stuff. So it just looked 
Like it was a, one of my best pieces yet, but I'd like to do that. And, um, that is, that is a specialty mind. Like you said, Carlos, about like, I can, I, I'm, I know these people, I can get in these rooms, I can bring a media and I can, I, I'm, because I'm, I speak the investor language, I can usually bring money. So, um, I would like to do more of that. I think that's deep in my skill skill set and hard to replicate. It would hard be for somebody else to go to a um, an operator and be like, "Hey, I'm going to make some, make you some media, and I'll bring you a million bucks, and I want you to pay me some six figures between cash and equity." Um, so I think that's that's something I want to do. Um, I don't really have any content goals, which is sad, but I got to figure out that. I end up finding I find myself like I'm gonna make a YouTube, I'm gonna do a blog, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do an Instagram. It's like, dude, I gotta pick one. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I wanna yeah, it's tough. So you just gotta keep creating though. You know, if you're inspired to write, write it. Yeah, that's kinda that's the that's where the entrepreneurs beat us. They're like, just pick one thing and just do it every day. And the creatives are like, I can't do the same thing every day. I wanna do what I feel like doing. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. That's so true. It's so true. But um, yeah, my big goal for 2024 is to, I think, I think if I look back at my life, it seems, you know, what seems obvious to other people is not always obvious to ourselves, but this blend of cameras plus investing is something that I, I is a superpower of mine and I have leaned into it, but not with the such clarity. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to actually make real money doing that. Those are solid goals. No, I like and that. write it down. I think that's a big piece. I think everybody needs to do that. Sean, you need to do that. Get 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 Notion. Write, write down your goals. Yes. Put put it put it on a twenty twenty three tab, a little drop down tab, and then collect them for decades. When you guys set your goals, do you do it just for the year, or are you looking at forecasting? Like, okay, this is going to take longer than a year, so I need to prepare heading into year two because if i don't get year one right then it's going to slow down the progress of something that i want to head into year two that's kind of how i am but i write down a i'm not a planner i'm an idea person so i actually the the farther we get into the weeds the harder i get but basically what i do is i write a vivid vision and i'm like here's what i look like in five three to five years here's what it looks like and then i work backwards okay what do i need to get there and that becomes year basically one goals and then that becomes quarterly goals and that becomes like okay and then here's a great question that brandon turner is absolutely magnificent this this question is changing my life every time i think about it and like actually sit down and deal with it is um how can you achieve your five-year goal in six months Mm. what would it take to do that and that really gets you thinking about like what do i have to what what would that take and you start asking you start going like oh i have to do this and you're like i don't want to do that right now and that really starts to put you in a conundrum of like, am I make, if I, am I not generally for me, it's like, I can do this, but I either have to do something wildly uncomfortable or I have to make hard decisions faster than I, than I want am yeah. comfortable with. Yeah. So it's just, it becomes a discomfort problem. It's never like, oh, it's not possible. It's like, oh no, it's just a, it's an activity problem. What's my threshold yeah. of discomfort? Oh, that's, right that's so funny that you say yeah. that too. I look at them, my goals, same way, very similar. It's like the hard things actually because the goal setting thing was all right i'm 29 i'm turned 29 2024 early february so You're a baby okay when i hit let's say 35 i'm like okay what do i want in my life because i look at my personal goals but then my career goals and i'm like okay well if i wanted to go down the route of 
having a family, do I want to be that father that's like working all the time that doesn't have time to spend with his family? So that that changes what sometimes I feel like my goals will be for my career because it's like, okay, well, do you? It's probably not a good idea to get into a tech startup and grind and work ninety hours a week all through your thirties if you want to have a family in your thirties and want to spend time with them. It's just like a give and take kind of thing. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I'm not having kids. On that? I think the thing about kids that I see is um, there's a, the, almost everybody in the world has kids and there's people that make money. <laughs> there's people that make lots of money with kids. Elon's got 10 kids, right? B- Gates has kids. Um, Bezos has kids. Buffett has kids. Charlie Munker has kids. Um, everybody rich R. has R. kids. So this RIP. So this idea that like people yeah. are like, Oh, you can't have kids and make money. I'm like, hermosi has got kids. Pineda's got kids. They're still having kids. Brandon's got two kids and trying for more. Like, I honestly, this is a so fucked up thing to think. I think that the reason I don't make more money is because I don't have kids. Because I don't have to wake up and go, like, take care of somebody. I'm like, yeah, life's easy. I'm fine. It's too easy. It's true. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. think Harmozi has kids, though, does he? Did he say Harmozi? No, he doesn't have kids. I'm wrong. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, have kids. Yeah, yeah. But kids are not going to slow I, him down. It's not, he doesn't make that money because he doesn't have kids. Because I don't have kids and I don't make that money. So, yeah, yeah. I, I do think there's a, this idea that if you're in a tech startup and you're working 90 hours a week, I think the most important thing would be to have a, a spouse who is on board with the, the team plan. Like, hey, I need you to raise these kids and I'm going to take care of both of you, but I'm going to go work my little tail off. I think if you have a spouse that's like, I want you to be home and around and you want to be around, then that, the sacrifice then has to come from the, the financial. Or look, there's plenty of people that work 30 hours a week and make millions too. So it's just a figuring it out how to money is like money is a game. And like some people, there's many, many different ways to figure it out. And so it's just about using your skills to um, manipulate the game in the way that you like, you know, if you're in sales, you can make the most amount of money. I don't, I'm not a workaholic. So I have to do it a different way, you know, and I don't, not I say I don't like sales, but like I'm not a hardcore sales guy. Um, I'm an investor. So it's just like, can you live off of, can you buy enough investments that you live cheap? I think the thing that I don't know you as well, Kyler, I think Sean, the one, the thing that I want to imbue with Sean over this year is, you know, I want to teach him or I want, I don't want to say it that way. That's rude. Uh, I want you to learn about that. The you trading dollars or time for dollars is the least efficient way to make money. We, we have got to get your money working for you when you're not working for it. When you can do that, then the whole world changes. It's, you got to find a way to, uh, to, some people call it leverage. Uh, some people call it passive income. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the solution yeah. to, for you. Like, hey, what am I going to do with my career and my kids? I'm like, you have to level up so that you're not like, oh, I have to go work 90 hours to make it ends meet. If you're working 90 hours to make ends meet, you just haven't figured, you're not playing the game the right way. And I'm not, yep. I'm not great at it either. So that's not like, that's not a dig. That's a, that's just as much of a message to myself. You know, like I, I'm trying totally. to figure it out better too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where you do well though, Alex, is you're, you're really good at leveraging your connections of like, okay, how can we win together? Right. It's like, Dude, I'm not going to do all this. because It's not what I'm good at, but you can get the pieces together of like, okay, this guy kind of knows this. This guy knows this. If we're all working towards a similar goal, how can we all make money or 
accomplish something together. I think that's a skill set, right? That's a that's a C, that's a visionary, right? I'm a, that's I'm an a, entrepreneur. I'm a, I should write. I need to write. A, I need to start writing a book about networking because, like, I just know. You ever have a superpower that you're like, it, I'm 40. I just turned 40, and I'm starting to realize that not everybody can connect people like I connect people. Like it's, I'm not even bragging as much as like, I'm just figuring it out. I'm like, oh, I'm like a power networker. What? And it comes so naturally to me. Yeah. Have you been like that your whole child, like growing up? No, I was a loser. Or was there something that kind of, I... <laughs> yeah, I was a loser so until, what, 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 until like 25. Um, some of it, it was like maturity. When I was younger, I was way too aggressive. Like I'm, I feel like I'm pretty aggressive now, but like before I used to be very hostile and, and way more aggressive. So that turns people off. You have to be uh, Taleb, my hero, Taleb. If you don't know this, I think says every, every day of my life, never mind, never show. But my hero, Taleb, he says, charm is the ability to insult people while making them laugh. Um, and that is sort of, uh, so you have to, but if you're just pissing, if you're just insulting people, and they're not laughing, then it's just not, nobody's having fun. So. I think I had to tone down my personality a bit, but um, no, the number one key to networking, and this is something, again, I just, it, it came over time, but I genuinely deep down super actually give a shit about people. Like I'm not an empath necessarily. Like I'm not like deeply feel like, oh, I just, um, I feel their emotions for them. It's like, no, I just actually genuinely want Kyler to succeed really and so then i'll call you and be like how what's what's going on in your life that has a problem and how can i solve it and it turns out i know everybody so whatever your problem is is somebody else's superpower and i'll connect you and then you guys can make money and then right. i want the i take the goodwill and then as as years go on that goodwill adds up and then people are like hey alex um you know we need this or we want that or like hey you know i like I, I get phone calls, you know, everybody answers my phone, my phone calls, nobody ever, you know what I mean? Because I just have so much goodwill built up. So, um, I don't know if that's helpful. I'm ranting. Oh, that's good advice. Are you on your phone all the time? Kind of like talking to people? Is that how like your day is? everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could spend the day on various forms of between text or phone calls or video calls, I'd make the most money. That's, um, no, I see a similar, you're very similar into one of my old bosses that I, I knew where he was, that guy grew his business so fast, but he was a master networker. I was like, yeah. dude, I don't even know. Yeah. Always. I need to phone. write, I need to write some of this stuff down. I have some, like some stuff written down, but I need to write more. Um, but there's this couple of things. I mean, I don't know. I don't mean to go down this tangent, this rabbit hole, but like, if you want to, if you want to like, the easiest thing I could think of for both of you guys, right? Or anybody who's listening. If you want to, like, this is so simple. It's just one of those things that's kind of scary. Kyler said to me earlier, said on the show, he's like, I want to scale to businesses. So, like, what if you took a day, five hours, and you, like, went with your team, and you're like, who are the five businesses that if we only worked with these five businesses in 2024, we'd make a, a monstrous killing? We'd make all the money we need, and all we need to do is have five clients. Write those five clients down. Okay. I will tell you exactly. And then I, I can get them. I can get you in their sphere. Uh, you just have to, this is so fucked up. This is my number one networking strategy. I, it's so, it sounds so terrible, but it hundred percent works. I use a, a strategy uh, called Stockholm syndrome 
Are you familiar with what Stockholm syndrome is? I've heard of it. Yes. Stockholm syndrome is when it's when you uh, like uh, like somebody kidnaps somebody else, like actually kidnaps like a a woman. You kidnap a woman, you put them in your basement, or you take them hostage for like a, a. and the FBI is negotiating right in the movies. Like you have a hostage situation. And then what happens is the, the hostage, right? The hostage starts siding with the captor. They're like, Oh, I understand his plight now. And he's not so bad. And he's just misunderstood. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, how does it, it's called Stockholm syndrome, right? That's how this sounds. So what I do is I go to people and I'm like, okay, Jay Scott, I want you in my life. I'm going to text you. You're going to ignore me. I'm going to text you. You're going to ignore me. I'm going to see you at a conference. You're going to, I'm going to just get in your personal space. I'm going to call you. I'm going to text you. I'm going to email you. I'm going to comment you on Facebook. I'm just going to berate you until you're like, I don't want this guy in my life. And I'm like, too bad. Too bad. And now I paired that with what I said earlier, which is I have the purest motives. Like I actually genuinely care about this person. I'm like, how can I actually make your life better? And I'm just going to shove my life into your life until you give me a chance and then I'm going to step up. But if I don't do a good job, then great. Now I owe you. And now it's going to get even worse. And before too long, people are like, oh, that Alex, he's just misunderstood. He's a good dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's a hundred percent. I just, I'm relentless. And I, because I know that I mean well, and I don't want, I want to give more than I take. I have no, like, I don't have that pressure of people being like, oh, I'm going to waste this time. I'm not going to waste this time. I'm going to make his life better. I'm not feeling guilty about that. So that's it. If you wrote down your five top clients and then you're like, I'm just going to text them every single day until I get all the business I need. A hundred percent. That will work. Huh? I'm going to do that. That's a, no, that's a, that's a, that's funny that you say it. it's cause it's, it's super valuable. I'm like opposite. Well, I wouldn't say I'm opposite, but it takes a lot of willpower for me to be like, I'm going to keep bothering this guy until like he says, yes, that's um like overcoming that. It was just, for me, it's like, all right, growing up, you're raised like, all right, don't bother this person. Don't be, you know, you got to be polite, especially coming from like an Asian type of family. We're conservative, like we're taught to be polite. Culturally, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, a, this is what I'm saying is definitely a culturally American thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Um, yeah, you know, never talk back type of thing. Like, so learning this stuff throughout business and seeing it from other people, at first it's like a shock for me because I'm like, even seeing like hardcore sales guys, like, I'm like, dude. I have a friend, he kills it. He does, you know, six figures in sales every year um, since he was like 18. But I'm like, dude, I see him because he works from home. And uh, I was at home with him uh, one day and he's just on this person nonstop. I'm like, dude, how many times have you like talked to this person? I feel like you like you're best friends with him. He's like, yeah, this is like my sixth time calling. I'm like, geez, I'm like, how much are you going to make from that? Like, (laughs) but you know, it's a repetition thing. And for me, that shaped my, viewpoint on sales of like okay like there's people out there that just they won't take no and that's why they're succeeding where other sales guys that come in they come and go because it's just like one no they're they're done um so grant codone wrote a book called seller be sold old 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 book he's not really well known for it really great book and the idea is like either somebody's going to sell you on no or you're going to sell them on yes yep i i think about that Uh, also I was in the car business. I sold cars for a while. And you know, this is old saying, it's like, you just call them every day until they buy or die. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. And and you know what? It's like, again, you really have to, I want to be really clear here because somebody's going to listen to this and be like, man, that's just obnoxious. And I'm like, it's not obnoxious because I genuinely, truly, deeply believe 
that I come with pure soul. I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm not trying to, I'm not selling a product. I'm selling Alex. You want Alex. Alex is good. Alex is a good investment. I, you need him in your life. And, and when you get him in your life, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to call you up and be like, how can I make your life better? Have I ever called you guys and asked for anything other than like, Hey, can we do a podcast together? So we all win. Cause we all want to make content and hang out. Like Sean, have I ever, right. have, did I call you with better life and say, Hey, can you come do this for free? No, it was, it was paid and it was great. A lot of fun. It was easy. Kyler, we do business together. Am I hard to do business with? Nope. Actually, you're probably one of the easiest clients that we work with. So <laughs> yeah, I just hear it. Can you make this thing? Yep. Paycheck. Can you make the, here's some business? Would you like some business, Kyler? Right. Is that a, is that a really hard sell for me to be like, Hey, can I make you money? I would not say no to that. I would never. Right. Really that. Nobody would. Nobody <laughs> would. So that's my point is like, if you shove your life into people's life and you're like, I want to make you money or more, very clear is very specific. You don't, not everybody wants to make money or not. That's not everybody's goal. It's like, what's your goal? That's what I usually ask people. I say, what is, what's your, what's your biggest obstacle in life? And they're like, well, this. And I'm like, great. Either I can solve it or e either I, if I can't solve it, then I'm like, let me go find the person who can. Hey, you need this guy over here. Hey, Brandon, I, we need a video editor. I'm like, I got Kyler. Hey, we need a guy at Better Life who's going to um, shoot this conference because Alex can't do it alone. Great. I got this guy, Sean. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know if that's helpful, but I got to write, I got to write some, I got to make some more content about networking, but like, that's, that's the number one. That's, that's like the number one big is, is have a pure soul, have a heart for people, and then just shove your life into their life. Well, then if you bring um, the camera as the third thing that we all have in common, you know, cameras gets us in rooms. Dude, the camera's the best networking tool in the world. Because yeah, almost everybody in this world, in this industry is a, egomaniac and they all want to look good on camera and if you can make them look good once man they're like oh we'll have you around if you're an introvert and you have a camera and you're not good at networking at least in the beginning bring the camera because the camera does a lot of talking for you it really does that was a uh, yeah that was me little shy kid with the camera and then you know you learn but still like the camera's so powerful Shy and introverted are different. I'd say shy. Well, not so much introverted. Shy. Most people are shy. I'm, 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 I have moments where I'm shy. Shy, but shy yeah. and introvert. People, what they do is they say I'm an introvert as an excuse to not get over the uncomfortable, like, oh, I have to go meet people. And it's like, well, that's not introvert. That's just shy, no. which I understand. I empathize with shy. Um, but introvert is like how much you can take before you have to recharge, which everybody <laughs> can take some. I go all day. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a shy thing for sure. Yeah. Um, just like a warm up, Right. And then once you're in, it's like, boom, let's go. Yeah. I have tips for that too, but that's a whole, other, that's a, I'm already clogging all the air on this podcast. <laughs> what, what else we got? Um, yeah. What else what we got, else Sean? We okay. Uh, all right. Well, this was more of a finance question, but uh, I want to know what you think of the idea of uh, what should you aim for, I guess, for your annual percentage increase in increase in growth rate, whether it's, you know, index funds or real estate. Cause my buddy and I had a topic, we were talking about it and he was like, you need to be getting seven to 10% annually on interest. And uh, I thought it was a good conversation that we had and I wanted to bring it up with you guys. What is your you know, ballpark goal for what you're trying to get return with your money? That's a weird question. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, like, I guess, 
if you're talking to like a financial advisor or something like that, they'll always be like, okay, we're aiming for like this type of return because it's they're usually looking at what ETFs and index funds and all that stuff. For me, when I look at like business, if I were to get like a seven to ten percent return, I'm like, why? What's the point? So <laughs> for me, at least, when I look at returns, it's more so I don't really look at it from a percentage standpoint. I guess I do, but also like my 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 first thing is value add. I'm like, okay, what can we do to improve customer experience that customers want? So from that, it's talking to customers of like what they need, right? And then from there, you can build the stuff that they want or start acquiring the things that they want. Like, for example, some of our clients were like, we need thumbnails. I was like, at first, I was like, we don't do that. I don't want to do that. It's just something else that we have, you know, that we don't want to deal with. I want it to stay small. But we keep ask, we keep getting asked for it. And then people are like, we'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. I was like, okay, if we're going to do it, we're going to charge you this much because I don't want to do it. And they're like, okay, we'll do it. And from there, then it was like, okay, we need to get a graphic designer. Okay. And then we start figuring out what they want. And from there, it's like, okay, we, we're looking at the margin now of like, okay, how much are we going to make from each, let's say, graphic? And then from there, we're running the percentages. And then that just adds on to whatever else we're selling them or whatever else we're working on with them. Um, and that was kind of the cool thing is like pro- finding this product market fit. But from that standpoint, and then you're looking at your overall, overall margins per quarter, whatever, per month, your P&L. That's what we look at. That's what I look at, the P&L, right? Reading the financial statements of like, okay, how much are we making this month? What's our projections? Naturally, you know, we know, okay, we're going to be making this on average. How can we add a little bit more without uh, kind of ruining the quality by taking on too much, too many clients? It's like a balance for us. Like, okay, we want to grow, but also you don't want to kill your your product by or your service by taking on too much and you know letting down all your all your clients too. So that's how I look at it. It's always just this. Uh, what is that called? The balancing thing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. It's a balance. It's a balancing game for us. I never look at like, oh, we only, we need to hit seven. As long as we hit 10% return throughout the whole year, we're solid. I feel like that's like a, maybe it's more a real investing. Estate, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. It's an stock. investing question. That's not, that's not, yeah, that's not. Like, like in business, index, if you're only uh, hitting 10%, it's like, dude. Yeah. You're yeah, running no, a restaurant I, or a grocery store. Well, let's, all right, yeah, we could change that question. What do you think it should be for business? But yeah, I was, th- we were ta- I was thinking more like long-term, just like money I'm trying to throw away for the long-term. But I like the question the business better. Yeah, well, that's just based no. off my experience. Yeah. yeah like if um, we're growing like 30, 40% a year, how would you feel about that? I feel like it, it depends on your industry. Because we actually talked about this yesterday. Like yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of the production guys we talked to, they're making 30 some are making 20%, some are making 50%, and it's like it varies and probably varies on each industry that you're in in the production space because if you're making 20% on a 100 million dollar budget, then it's like okay. But 20% on a 100 dollars, you know, that's not too good. So, it all depends there and then you and then you get into the other sectors of like all right, you know, a restaurant's probably only going to do like 10% and then grocery stores are like 3 2% margins and that's considered good because they're just doing so much volume. So you really have to look at the space that you're in. But, you know, I think Hermosi 
turn that whole thing on its head where it's like, he's like, I make 70% or more on every business that I'm in. And then you're like, okay, I was actually doing the numbers on this because we do some projects we do, we'll make like 30%. Some will make 50, some will make more than that. Like, how is this guy consistently doing 70, 80%? I was like, we couldn't possibly cut any more to get what he's doing. So I was like, the only other thing is you have to sell higher ticket. That's all it is. Yeah. I was or, like, that's the or you have way to make more. Or you sell more product without increasing marginal labor. That too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Naval Ravikant, if you guys have not read, I need you guys, I need this. My 2024 goal is to get you guys to read more business books. Um, the Almanac of Naval Ravikant is one of the best ones. It's a very easy read, but he's like, there's only four. You make money in four ways. Uh, the four levers. You either leverage technology, um, like AI or like code. You write code. People, you multiply yourself uh, or network connections. Um, capital, right? It's like, I can do more because I have more money um, or content. So like anything from like, hey, I made this one video and it made me, got me X amount of views and that became affiliate money or brand deals, or I made this content and it, uh, or the one example he uses, he's like, what if you make a training video on how to do something and that can train all your employees and now you have to make one video and it trains all these people. So those ways of scaling are much, this is where I, where I talked about earlier, where it's like, if you're doing dollars for labor, it's the least efficient scale. So you have to get. We all have to get out of that. Yeah. Now that's a, that's, I, I listened to the podcast on YouTube for that. The uh, novel one. That's amazing. I think I listened to that during COVID. I was just at home and I was listening. I was like, that changed my life. Actually totally made me look differently into. Naval? How you view work. Yeah, Naval. He's so good. He was on Rogan's podcast too. I listened to that one. It was really good. He's, he's, he's a sort of a recluse in a weird way. He's not like a, you know, he's on Twitter, but he doesn't put his face on there. Like he's, he's kind of a, he, what I love about him is like his, his thoughts speak for themselves. He's not out there. Like, let me dye my hair and yeah. get some attention. He's like, let me tell you something that's I've made, I've made millions and I will give you the wisdom and it'll stand on its own. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I love, I love his work. Um, Sean, to your point, because I, I am an investor first. I'm sort of learning entrepreneurship now, but I started out, off as an investor and I like being an investor first because it creates a lot of um, stability. But then I started hanging out with these entrepreneurs and now I'm like, fuck, I got to make more money. Um, so I am really good at efficiency of money, but I have not really learned how to make money um, at uh, above scale yet. But seven to 10, here's what I'll say. The S&P makes an average of 8% per year if you look at a long scale, right? Because like, what last year it was way down this year it's 24% up. So you have to look at an average and because, it, so what I'll say is this, if the market average, if you do nothing and you invest in the, in the S and P, you're going to make 8%. So if you're, and this is where the, there's this big argument. It's not, it's not, it was an argument. Now it's settled. But um, if you're investing and you're choosing your stocks and you make less, less than 8%, that means you did more work to make less money. If you just buy the ETF, that's the exchange traded fund. If you just buy the, the index fund and you sit it there and you do nothing, you'll make 8%. So if you're working more and earning less than 8%, you're, be, you're below average and working harder. Like you're exponentially worse than doing nothing. 
So when you choose, um, so when you choose investments, like that's the benchmark is you either have to beat the S and P, um, you have to beat the S and P. And the thing is almost no funds beat the S and P most funds. I mean, people beat the S and P all the, all the time, but most don't. So like, if you're a, a day trader, if you're like a very experienced trader and you know what you're doing, you can beat the S and P, but most people who are doing casually do not. They, they actually work way harder and make less. This was a, it was like a, something like a 20 year bet with Warren Buffett. And he's like, I'll bet you that the ETF will beat the fund. Like, like the investment advisors that people that your parents pay to manage 401ks and manage their fucking, their wealth, their money and stuff like that. You pay them 1% and then they actually do worse than the S and P over time. It's like proven. So it's better to just not choose stocks and just invest in S and P. So when you ask me like, what's the best way to do it? Uh, if, if you're, if you're going to invest, just buy the ETF because you don't have the time to become an experienced trader. So just buy the ETF and sit on it. Um, yeah. If you're going to do anything more than that, like buy real estate, like my real estate did real well this year, you know, and not to mention there's other weird things about real estate. For example, um, my real estate went up 15% this year. That doesn't include the cash flow it paid me, which is now above the American average salary that comes in without me doing any work. And that's after expenses. Um, it doesn't include depreciation because every year I get to write off the interest. Um, and it doesn't include the, you know, the equity that I can then borrow against. So, but I bought it all underpriced. So when it comes to investing, I think seven to 10% is good, but that's the average. You should be able to earn 7% without doing anything. That's, I guess, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Sure. This year, my Robin hood, this year, my Robin hood is up 44%. But last year it was down like thirty percent. So I'm actually net I'm actually net loss over the last two years. <laughs> wow. Not net loss, but I'm I'm uh, yeah, I'm net negative. Yeah. Negative ten. Yeah. But it's that well, see the Do math more- gets weird because if you lose if you lose ten percent, you don't have to gain ten percent to get back to square one. You actually have to gain like 130%, 150%. That's why it's so weird with investing. If you lose money, if you lose ten percent and you gain ten percent, you're still a ninety percent loss. Uh, a nine percent loss. Oh, right? If you have a hundred dollars yeah. and you go down to ninety and you gain ten percent, you're now at ninety one or ninety nine. You have to get another ten, yeah. another. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to go above yeah. the loss. So like, losses hurt more than wins. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you for your rentals? Do you own single family, multi units, mixed? What do, you, what do you rent? What do you own? I own. Uh, a bunch of single families, mostly single families. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then I own, I I had two. I own one apartment building. How many units is that? How many doors? 52. Oh, wow. So that one's big. Yeah, I had a 24 unit and I sold it in 21 because somebody dumber than me wanted to buy it and paid <laughs> me paid me quite a bit of money actually for it. And then... And then I have this 52 unit and I, uh, I just closed two days ago on a, I, I, I closed on a, on a, a mansion on Chesapeake Bay, Maryland, a 400 acre sick built in the 1600s with a vineyard on it. You said 400 acres. I did say 400 acres. Wow. <laughs> so you got a whole farm. <laughs> it's a, it's a farm. It's called Bohemia. Manor farm. You want to see it? That's crazy. 
I'll put it in the chat. Actually, here I'll screen share it for the for the viewers. How's that? Yes. Um, how do you add the sound effects where like it's celebration and like the confetti flies? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you yeah. see this? Can you see my can you see my screen? Yeah, it's a, look, oh, at there we go. look at this thing. Look at this thing. Jesus. So they bought it for eight point nine million. It appraised at like ten five day one. It's right on the bay. Look at that. Holy wow. crap. So this is a great example. I bought, I got this property because I, because, um, two years ago I went to, um, a friend of mine who I've known for a bunch of years. This is a networking tip, right? This is, this is where I want all the content creators to go, right? I went to a, a buddy of mine's who I know, and I wanted to get to know him better. So I was like, Hey, let me come tell a story about you. And he's like, okay, sure. And so I go to Maryland, I go to uh, New Jersey and I go to another one of his properties and I just make a video about him on YouTube, which, um, that's the guy. This, this video gets 368 views in the last year. Okay. No views, no comments, but he, look at this place. He loved it. Okay. This is his New Jersey property. This is a different property, but it's also a, a luxury resort with a winery, a vineyard and a golf course. Wow. So I make this video about this, this guy. Like a yeah. Wait, tell me. So this is like a mixed use kind of property. So it's like you can, it's like a hotel. It's also a farm. It's also the golf course. Yeah, they have weddings there, dude. That's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. So I make this video about this guy. It's just a, it's a nothing. It's just a, it's just a little vlog about a guy that I find interesting and I just loved it. I did it for fun. Okay. And um, it's got this wild story. So anyways, here's the thing. This is where I really want to like, this is where I think the creatives and, I, and I'm guilty because the thing with creative is when you start off, you're terrible. So you have to earn your keep along the way. But when you get good, you know, Kyler, this is the problem I, I want to, I'm, I'm thinking about with you where you're like, I got to get these bigger clients. I'm like this guy right here. I made this video for him. He loves this video. He loves this video. He loves the work we did. And um, he's like, I want more of that. I want to tell my story. I want to tell the story of these properties. I want to show it to investors. And so what happens is he's like, Alex, here's what we're gonna do. I want you on the team. And I, I set aside a little bit of money on the deal to include you. And I want you to make some media, but I, I kind of, I want you around so you can make more than just once. I want you to make media for me. So yeah, that share is, um, that share is, that share is a hundred grand. Now that's wow. equity. That's no cash. Yeah. So this is where the investor mindset, you have to really understand that that hundred grand doesn't pay me anything. It's just, it's, it's, it's make believe money. Right. Until five years when we cash out, but then that share will probably be worth, you know, 200 and then it'll start paying yeah. cash. So, um, I forgot how we got here, but, um, I forgot how, how, how did this, how did this part of the conversation start? But we talk about well, bartering, you know, and getting included in deals almost or exchanging, you know, talent for. Yeah. Uh, I think. And adding value, adding value. Yeah. I think what, one of the things that people, one of the things that I did in the beginning was I was like, who needs a video? I can, I need, I need to make 50. I, my, I'm worth 1500 bucks for a video. Who needs a $1,500 video? Instead, I, I look at brands. I look at, at people and I look at their biggest problem and I go, okay, this guy's got to raise money, right? He's got to raise. 10, he's got to raise $4 million and he has to tell that story to people. And so if you're raised, that's a big project, 4 million bucks. So it's like, Hey, you gotta have something yeah. high quality. You gotta put your, you gotta put your 
your face on there. We got to tell the story. Um, and it's not something that everybody else can do. So I think finding those people, Kyler, Sean, instead of like, Hey, you know, making these reels, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's soulless work to me. Just another marketing reel, another three, let me hook another hooks. Instead, um, if you can tell stories and you can get something like this guy really appreciates the work. Um, I think you can, you can trade for him. The hundred thousand dollars is nothing. He's like, Oh, I got this little bonus. I right. can get Alex on the team for basically for free. So I think that's what we talked yeah. earlier about water bottles. It's like, dude, that's just a, that guy's just, he's just not going to buy a Costco water bottle. He's like, I can spend 30 bucks on a water bottle. I, and I love this yeah. Alex, this Alex flavored water. So like, let's go. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I, it's actually got me thinking too, because that's what I was thinking too, is yeah, the business right now can, I, we, let's call them like retail customers where it's just like, okay, they'll pay upfront. And then you have the other customers where it's, you know, it's a little bit different. You can work and do customized things or whatever. Those deals could be the thing that just runs and kind of builds my portfolio on the back end, where I use the company I have now as like the front. And then it helps me get the deals on the back just because of the value that we could bring to someone who's, let's say, trying to create pitch deck type of videos for investors or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so you guys are all yeah. working with entrepreneurs. I guess the question I have is what kind of entrepreneur do you want to work with? For, for me? Yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah for me, at least it's, um, I like working with there's two types of clients I enjoy working with. It's the corporate ones where they're just so big. I don't have to talk. I don't talk to the CEO and talk to them, the marketing person or whoever it is. They have budgets set aside every year and they need to spend the money. Um, and for them, it's not getting Instagram famous because a lot of the businesses, those businesses are, they're just not there to be famous. They're there for brand awareness. They're there to create educational videos for their customers. That easy because I can hire out a crew. We'll get it done takes a few days. Bigger return. Secondly, it's entrepreneurs that aren't really there. Yeah, it's ego-driven, right? They want to be seen, but they're not there to necessarily be famous. They're there because they're like, okay, I need this video to get me some type of return on whatever I'm trying to grow. So if that's their business, if that's their portfolio, they have, let's say, they're a tech startup and they need explainer video, whatever it is, those types of th those types of entrepreneurs I want to work with ones that are more like, Hey, I need to get famous. They're a little, a little bit tougher to work with. I'll be honest. It's just, it's a lot more ego driven and, uh, it's like, has to be their way. But my thing, my selling point for a lot of people is like, Hey, look, I've been around the block. This is not my first, like, I just didn't just start this company because I wanted to, like, I've seen creators grow. This is what they're doing. And then when they're like, no, I got to do it this way. I'm like, we'll do it that way because you're paying for it. But don't come back at me if it's not working how you want after three months when I told you you probably should have started it this way. So it's like kind of finding that middle line with those clients. Um, and I realized, too, it's just like that's what put a lot of stress on me this year where I was like, OK, who are the ones that I enjoyed working with? And that's where I'm pushing the business. Like, I'm like, go that way. I don't need the extra headache for a little bit more money. Like, that's where I was like, money doesn't buy you happiness. That's what I, <laughs> I know. A lot it of does, but I know, I know a lot of people that, yeah, they might be happier. They, they, the money solves a lot of problems, but money. Yeah. The ego, 
the problems that come with the ego from money overshadow the happiness that it could have bought them. Yeah. And then a, a lot of times too, those people that are ego driven, you realize that, you know, they talk bigger than what they might actually have in their pockets too. Yeah. Yeah. So, well then you're, then you're, this is, I, I, then you're party to fraud. <laughs> so now, you know, I don't want to go into detail. No, no, we don't have to go into um, it. No, no, no. But, but I know what you're but, saying. It's like, now do yeah, I want to promote, saying, do yeah. I want to promote these lies? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's another thing too. It's like uh, the authenticity thing has always been a huge thing for me. It's like, okay, this is where if I think we're going to work together. You got to do stuff. This is where I think the interesting thing about artists and entrepreneurs mixing together is the artist only wins when he's as authentic as possible. The entrepreneur can fluff. In fact, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the presidency in the last few years, but like f a, a little <laughs> bit of fluff will get you very far in business. Um, let's just say it delicately. But with artists, it's like, dude, there's very few fraudulent artists that do well, right? It's the authenticity that gets you really far, the vulnerability. And so the merge of the two is like, it becomes very difficult. Yep. You can't tell an artist to, when it comes to negotiations, they're like, I don't need it to be, I've talked to a lot of people where it's like, they're trying to get a discount, right? But they always say, I don't need it to look that good. Like, it doesn't need to be that good. I just need it done. I'm like, that's like you going to Picasso and saying, hey, I want you to paint me a custom piece of artwork, but it doesn't have to be that good. So give me a little discount. It destroys his whole reputation of what he's built. I just want to make sure that everybody knows <laughs> yeah. that Kyler just compared himself to Picasso. I just want to put that out there. I just want to make sure everybody gets, <laughs> you guys knows that. Um, Sean, what no, about you? No. Do you have a like a specific sort of avatar in mind? I think, um, you know, my slogan before I think when we met was, you know, purpose driven. I think community focused people that have new communities or audience that they want to educate. Um, are fun ones where and then like i you know thing i like about kyler is with if you're talking to the marketing manager it's like i've found with small business owners or the person if they're the one that hired me and they're writing me the check they're just like like i don't know if i want to give this to you like this is a lot but when it's like a marketing manager they're just like this is our budget take it let's start you know so it's like completely different mindset of like i have a problem and solve this versus like this is my money and this is my blood sweat and tears um but I think uh, always being able to show that we've like made a return. And like, I think that's what's cool with, uh, you know, you're saying you might be kind of tired of the, the reels and the verticals and like doing kind of more of like a nicer long form, really showing and telling the story, making it a little bit more elaborate. I think things like that are really, really fun. Um, just kind of documenting the, the journey. Um, but yeah, that's something that I'm also kind of, you know, has evolved because a lot of times I'll just say yes to things if if the opportunity is there and I can rationalize what I'm going to get out of it beyond just like the monetary gains. Um, it's led to some like really cool accidental intros to get me more work or in the rooms with other people that I want to connect with where you're just like, okay, like I can only steer the ship so much. And sometimes it's just kind of. Sean's great at saying yes. Would, if you guys, Kyler, it sounds like. Kyler, if you outsourced all of the work that was like, call it money work, bill, like if you, you know what I'm saying? If you outsourced all the, the, yeah. the work that pays the bills and keeps the team alive and all you focused on was like, I guess, passion work, would that, 
be appealing to you? Is that what you want to do? Or do you genuinely just want to build the business for the sake of building the business? I think it's a mix of both. That's funny that you asked that because yesterday I had a conversation with my buddy and it was, we were talking about that. Um, very similar. I started this whole journey because it was a passion. And then I turned it into a business, which I learned that I love business as well. And that's a passion of mine as well. The, the business right now way better, right? It's a business that I'm passionate about on the business side. The creative side, there's not much to it because we're doing stuff that, you know, I'd rather make a documentary or something. No one's paying me to make a documentary about something I want to film. Um, and I don't, I don't want to take on an investor money to like raise money to make documentaries. So like short films, they just don't make money. 90 some percent don't make money. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is like a service that we, we give people and produce for people. And I love the business side of it and learning about other people's businesses. That's, that's another cool thing. Like if you watch, like if you, if I just watch Brandon's video that you guys sent, like I'll learn 10 X about what I knew beforehand about real estate just from the value so oh, by the way, way that video to learn that, that's not a video that's a that's interactive yeah that's a live webinar Wait, what just are you, you know about? um oh yeah no no i'm talking about um like when we edit like brandon's youtube videos oh, oh yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah yeah, yeah 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 so like i learn a lot about different industries and different businesses and and whatnot just by being around um it. yeah but i wouldn't say it's like i'm like passionate about um making reels for people and stuff where they're just talking to the camera <laughs> it's it's no it's a business thing so that's my thing is i want to build out way better and i did a decent job of it this year where it's like i'm not super involved like we have project managers in place and and people that communicate and send deliverables but obviously at the end of the day too like i don't want to just ignore our clients like i want to be able to talk to them and get feedback and and hear from them um but yeah i mean the ones that are easier like we talked about those ones i rather just put my energy in that gives me more time which gives me more freedom to do other things that i want to do like if i wanted to go shoot some passion project or take on a client that's more equity based where it's like i don't need the cash now but let's see where this heads in a year two years whatever a few years from down the line let's do it that way I'll take on that project, but right. I'm not going to, you know, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. What about Mindset you, Sean? Wise. Sean's a workaholic. I love it. He's a workhorse. But what do you want to do? He like, is. what do you about passion? Like, do you have something you want to make that you're now not doing because you're doing gigs? Or I kind of have a feeling like sometimes I'm just like, this guy loves gigs. Like, you just love getting in the dirt like getting in the room and, and working. I watched you work this weekend. I was like, this guy, I, I'm going to bring you to every event. You work way harder than me. I'm like, I mean, this is great. Are fun, man. I love it. But like, is that what I you want to do? I mean, and that's, I'm not, uh, that's not a dig. I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, um, I mean, this year I'd love to like create more of a formal crew team to do events. So when people call me, I'm not just the only workhorse. You know, we bring other sure. kind of talents and the sum of all the parts is greater than the whole so like we could you know charge more of a premium you know be that water remove ourselves from costco if it's like me by myself and put me with like the smart water and the other waters you know um 
so I, I love events. I think events are really fun. The, the way I look at it too sometimes is like, all right, am I doing this for a monetary gain? Where like, okay, it might not really like it, but it's going to pay me. Um, otherwise, is this a relationship builder? Am I going to meet people that I want to meet, be surrounded by people that I'm trying to surround myself with? Um, or is it an experience? You know, like, am I going to get to be somewhere and go or do something that is maybe in the like bucket list kind of category or just like nice to have so where you're just like oh and it's a free trip to mexico you know might as well you know it's like a cherry on top um so i think it's kind of just like consistently filling up those three buckets you know and making sure you're getting enough where there's like the experience and it seems fun and like art and then some for the monetary gain and then um you know some for the production value where you know you might be able to learn from other people who ha have been doing it longer or have, you know, better tricks. Yeah, love it. It's not bad. Mike. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. I'm just curious. Like, yeah, it's just a weird world. Mixing entrepreneurship and, and art is just a, it is. it's a weird world because, you know, people want to be, everybody wants to be both. So then I'm like, yeah. what is it that you, what, what would you want to make? The question I always have is like, what would I make if I had $200 million in cash in the bank? Like, I don't need, I don't need to go get gigs. So like, what yeah. would I actually be like, okay, what do I want to make with my time? And or, it's a hard, it's always a hard question to ask, you know? Like kind of like the answer. next level of that is like, if you've already traveled the world and money was no problem and you could create anything with no recognition and it's just pure passion, what would that be? Yeah. Yeah. I think documentaries would be fun. Telling stories, you know. That's my thing. Yeah. Same. Why don't you guys do a document? I'm surprised nobody's done a documentary on Pineda yet. Like, you guys are close. Hard phone. I, I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I don't know him that well. I know him a little bit, but he definitely seems... I gotta be really fucking careful with like, my words uh, here. He's a little bit, let's say, is he, is he protective of his sort of... He's got a, he lives in a structure, it seems like. So it's like, how are you going to get in that yeah, structure very, to tell the, to tell the vulnerability? Cause he's kind of like, see, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to, you have to hide some of that stuff, especially social media. So I like, uh, working with athletes. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Professional athletes. I've shot a lot of like world champions and like the mixed martial arts and stuff. I know world. Forrest Griffin. You want an intro? Oh, nice. I've, uh, how long ago was this? I've live tweeted. So I was with the UFC social media team uh, in oh, wow. 2017, 17, something like that. I've live tweeted a uh, fight with him where he got to live tweet on our computer. And he was like, he pulled out like a pack of Coronas and whatever. And he's just drinking. He's like, we're like, yeah, you can't say that. Delete that. <laughs> so it's funny. Um, he's a really nice guy. Um, super nice guy. But yeah, I got to do that once with him. He's super cool. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like Mark. I like athletes. I like people that do like top things that are like champions in, in their fields and documenting like how they got there. Because a lot of those guys struggle, especially MMA fighters and bullying or like they grew up in not so great neighborhoods and stuff. I think it's really cool to see like how they've gotten to where they are. And then they end up being coaches and stuff like that. So. It's literally the hero's journey. Quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. Literally like the fighting got them out of where, wherever they were. Yeah. I got so. beat up. So I learned how to beat people up. And then I turned out uh, um, that the chip on my shoulder was so big that I was, I'm actually really good at this. I can beat anybody up. And now I do it out of honor <laughs> instead of anger. Yeah. It's like, it's the hero's I'm journey. I'm waiting for someone to do a Mike Tyson documentary still. 
that's like super think, good because I'm like that guy's journey's crazy. Yeah, they'll do a biopic after he dies, probably something like yeah, that. They'll do, yeah, yeah, they'll do, yeah. they'll do, they'll do a, you know, like they did Jobs. They'll do like five or six vi videos like that. But yeah, yeah, I think Jordan's one was amazing. I think there's something about these little mini documentaries that I did for a few years. I did, I did thirty of them for Bigger Pockets. I was commissioned to do these little mini documentaries. I went, I went around the country and I did these little mini docs about nobodies, people that were How just long like were they? I changed my ten minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're YouTube videos. Point. They're not like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're documentaries. They're YouTube videos. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They were good practice, but like there was one man shows for the most part. Um, but I think there's something interesting about doing kind of like I showed you that video with Josh. I'm like, the, what if I could do one of those every year? That's the goal where I'm at. Where I'm like, now if you want to know this person's story, it's like I have ten years, and I think it's interesting because now you can show like, dude, that dude ages. And like the video quality gets better because I'm better. So like you have like this really interesting sort of meta story along with it where you're like, hey, this is real. I really filmed you in 2021, but then I really filmed you in 2023, but then I really filmed you, you know, for 10 years. And now you can go back and put something together. So I think that is like my, there's like a list of 10 people in my life that are all entrepreneurs that I'm like, I told, I've, one of the things I did for 2024 at the end of the year, um, I did this breath work, Sean and I did this breath work at the event, which I, it literally, it quite literally changed my life. It quite literally changed the trajectory of my life because um, it was so intense. But on the second day, one of the things that I said to myself in clarity was like, I don't really want to, I don't know what business to choose, but I know what people to choose. And so as soon as I got out of that, the next day I emailed, I texted 10 people in my life that are in various forms of my life of like, integrated already and i was like hey for whether you know it or not like i want to spend the next 10 years building a relationship wealth and community with you not everybody but you and these other eight people and i gave everybody the names and i was like this is i'm gonna do this this is earlier i said you like shoving my life in people's life i was like whatever you need i want you to think of me first or second or whatever it is like you know i, I want you i want to be in the top of the list and i want that for the next 10 years i'm gonna build my life I'm going to build a life with you, whether you like it or not. Um, and so I think now I need to go off and do mini docs about those 10 people and probably just do that every year. And that would be like, that would be a very be fun awesome. journey for me, especially people that are going places. Cause like, oh, in 10 years, they're gonna be a big deal. And now I have all this, this candid footage on the way. Yeah. No, those are the best too. I, th I love those documentaries as well. Seeing like where people end up 10 years. They're kind of like social experiments in a way too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You can right. kind of document and see. Yeah. Um, Sean, we have a couple of things we didn't go over, but we're at an hour and, a, and five minutes. Do you want to wrap and just save it for, we'll do another episode. We're probably a little behind. You want to do another episode in like three, four days? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. Kyler, is that cool for you? Cool. That's fine with me. Heading to the new year. Yeah. Also, we got to find a way like this is right now. It's just going on my YouTube. We can change that. Also, I want to get you guys the social clips. Like let's talk about a little bit more infrastructure this week. Yeah. But, I think just getting the reps in is probably pretty healthy. So cool. And I, and I love yeah. talking to you what guys. What do you guys want to do? Uh, or no, I'll talk to you guys later about it. All right, let's do a thumbnail. Everybody lean forward and smile. So Christine can get our, our thumbnail. I don't know. We don't have, there's no snapshot. Just like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. Christina. <laughs>
<laughs> Christine's been uh, editing these up. She's wonderful. Um, and uh, I'm very grateful for her. Uh, she was my first, my first ever hire. So she's been helping me with social. We're, uh, we're ramping up and uh, big, big help on this. So sweet. Yeah. Kyler, we need to get you. We need, we need your help. I'll pay you, but I'd love to get a, a thumbnail template for this show that I can just kind of run with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll get some made. Yeah. And then we'll figure um, out what we're going to do with the show, but I, I'm thankful that you guys are both here and doing this and we got to get some guests. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's what I want to talk about. We'll talk about that uh, next time. We'll organize that. All right. Uh, cool. Thanks to both. Like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. Who do you think sold more cameras between Sony and Canon in 2023? Canon. Probably Sony. I think so. We should look that up. And we'll Wait, you didn't know? You don't actually have the answer? Do you know that <laughs> no. Canon sells... What the, what the fuck is this, Sean? Canon sells 50% of the cameras globally. Everybody else shares the other Nikon. 50%. Nikon, Panasonic, Canon. Leica, Sony. Canon is huge. Canon, Canon is, is huge. huge. And they're, they're definitely having a little bit of a... They're definitely in a lull, but they're, they're going to come back with a vengeance. I, I, I hope. <laughs> okay. I am researching this. All right, you bring the answer next time. I'm hanging up. Okay. All right. All right. Later, guys. Peace.